Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our very first episode of Carry On in 2022, brought to you by Nation's Finest, where our mission is to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment that helps them to achieve self-sufficiency and reach their full potential. If you or a veteran you know needs help, or if you'd like to donate, please visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-468-9676. Again, that's nationsfinest.org or 833-468-9676. I'm your host, Mark Miller, Army Veteran and Communications Director for Nation's Finest. This is truly a special episode we have today, as this is not only our first episode of the year, but also the kickoff of our 50-year anniversary at Nation's Finest. We've now been helping veterans find their way home for 50 years. We have two of our long-standing board members on the program today, along with our president and CEO. Together, we plan to talk about what has changed over the years and what hasn't changed so much. Longtime board member Jim Larson is a U.S. Army veteran and retired CEO of California State Central Credit Union. Fellow long-serving board member Larry Connolly is a Marine Corps veteran and retired philanthropist. Our CEO, Chris Johnson, has been with Nation's Finest for almost three years and has been in the nonprofit sector for nearly 30 years. We hope you enjoy this discussion with all three of them, sharing how Nation's Finest has and will continue to help veterans find their way home, then, now, and always. Welcome to our panel today, including our CEO, Chris Johnson, as well as two of our board members, Jim Larson and Larry Connolly. As you know from the introduction, Nation's Finest will be celebrating 50 years of service to veterans this year, and we thought the right beginning for that would be to hear about the early days, Jim Larson and Larry Connolly are here to help tell that story, but first, our CEO, Chris Johnson, will open with a few words. Well, thanks, Mark, very, very much. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, having served on the board for a couple years with Jim and Larry, I've always enjoyed hearing the sidebar stories about uh, the trials and tribulations of what is now nation's finest. And as most people do know, uh, I'm only the second CEO because the my predecessor was here 47 and a half years and Jim and Larry have been here almost as long but uh, thank you for joining us you two and I look forward to hearing more uh, back to you Mark go ahead and ask any questions you want to of these two brilliant men <laughs> well well if the field is open uh, let's go ahead and start with Jim Jim, mm -hmm. could you tell us about what motivated you to help the cause of helping your fellow veterans and, and to get involved on the board of directors and, and how a miniature version of the Vietnam Memorial played into that? Oh, sure. Uh, I think what happened was that even before I was involved with this organization, I was helping out at the Veterans Hall in Santa Rosa for food distribution. And when I went there, I found out that a lot of these people were veterans, uh, a lot more than I thought would be veterans. And that kind of woke me up to the fact that, hey, we've got to do something here. And so I, I think that was an early, early beginning. Uh, and then you're referring to the wall. 
there was a traveling wall that went around to a lot of different cities, uh, a uh, smaller version of the wall in Washington. And that is where I met Peter Cameron. And we were both involved in helping put that up. Uh, and he started talking to me about his organization and would I be interested in serving on the board of directors. And based on what I had already seen, that veterans need a lot of help. There wasn't much being done uh, right away. I said, yes, I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, and that's pretty much how it all started. Well, that was the beginning. We're sure glad you made that decision. Grateful you did and, and grateful you. for your continued service. Sure. So, Larry, you were already involved in veteran advocacy when you joined the board of directors. Could you tell us about how our founder, Peter Cameron, recruited you? Yes, sir. Peter was quite the uh, personality back in the day, and him and I had run and crossed paths over many different meetings with uh, veterans. And I was in the uh, trying to bring medical attention to the North State of California for veterans and had finally got a meeting with representatives of the VA and Peter showed up uh, to also see what was going on with that. And so we got to talking about how difficult it was to get the appropriate medical attention for veterans in the outlying areas of uh, California. And that kind of started our relationship. He started recruiting me probably around 1986 or 87, but I was very busy with other obligations so i kind of put them off for a while but then i uh i dropped from one board and i had some spare time so i gave peter a call and asked him if he still wanted me and he said absolutely and so about 1989 is when i came on board with the organization and it's it's been a love affair for me ever since well, and, and similar to my last statements there, Larry, so glad you made that decision, and, and we really appreciate you still being with us now. Oh, it's my pleasure, absolutely. So, Jim, Larry just talked a little bit about getting medical care to veterans. In, in our conversations previously, you described doctors, dentists, other professionals organizing two or three day events to get together and, and help Vietnam veterans uh, in, in the makings of the early days of what we now commonly know as a stand down. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was uh, not too long after I came on board and this concept of doing stand downs uh, had popped up and we were very excited about this. And it's exactly the way you describe it. We found land in uh, Sacramento and we set up for about two or three days all of the facilities you described. And we were just overwhelmed by the number of veterans that showed up for because obviously they weren't getting any help anywhere else. Uh, and so this was uh, and then we even sent out transportation buses to bring them in. And this was very, very successful. And we did that for a number of years uh, before we had the ability or the funds to really do anything else. So, yeah, it was it was tremendous, very moving to talk to these people 
and of course we're all Vietnam veterans, so we had a lot in common. So had that common bond there, and it sounds like you were providing some really necessary services at the time. Yeah, even legal services. If somebody had parking tickets or speeding tickets, we had attorneys there to help them. So it none was of us, very... ve- none of us veterans get speeding tickets. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> So to our current CEO now, Chris, what Jim's describing there, going to where the veterans are, getting the services together, connecting the veterans with those services, does that sound familiar with uh, with the organization now here that you're running today? Uh, it's exactly very similar. In fact, it's we've expanded on it based on the needs of the more modern era veteran as well as uh, as services become available from outside sources. We spend a lot of energy and time aligning those folks with the veterans that we support. Uh, the evolution has now included, you know, transitional housing, housing for veterans that are struggling with drugs and alcohol, as well as permanent housing and even home ownership. So there's been an evolution. But the the one thing that I remember most having these conversations with these folks is you remind yourself that until nation's finest or flower of the dragon as it was called back in the day uh veterans weren't receiving anything like this in fact there was a lot of shunning of uh, this particular the vietnam veteran so we look at what we do today and i can proudly look in the mirror and say wow i'm working for an organization that started all of this and I, if it's okay, if I ask Jim and, and Larry a question, did you feel that way at all when you joined? That we were now doing something that nobody else was doing and that uh, everybody else should be doing but weren't? Well, yeah. Uh, back when I was advocating for veterans and working as a service officer for the VFW, uh, VA services were just about non-existent and the veteran population themselves had no knowledge of what services might be available to them. You know, the counties had service officers, but Vietnam veterans were uh, somewhat leery of approaching the bureaucracy of the VA. And so the VA finally started their outreach counseling program, which we started to get, uh, for me, Trinity County and Hubble County started to really meet the guys and gals, you know, boots on the ground type stuff and talking realistic issues of where they're going to get enough food, where can they get clothing, um, wh- how do you get benefits, what benefits are available. All those were unanswered and there was nobody really providing solid answers to the guys and gals. And so to meet an organization like the nation's finest is, uh, and, you know, go directly where the veterans are rather than making them come to a fairly imposing building and, and, uh, not feeling comfortable being in that environment. It was much more, uh, re- received very much better by the veteran population to doing that. What, what did you think, Jim? Similar? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, and particularly, we realized that when veterans start coming in and we found out how very little uh, had been done for them. And uh, that, that was very, very true and very sad at the time. But then at the same time, it was like, hey, we can help these people. 
And of course, years later, we're helping even more. Uh, but that was a good start. That was a really good start. So that was a great start and a needed start, which you're absolutely yes. correct has has only grown over time. So, Larry, you've talked before about veterans, uh, you know, back after Vietnam, struggling to to reintegrate into society and and to fit in. Uh, to the homes they were coming back to. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly. Um, you know, it's probably your modern-day listeners are going to find this hard to believe, but uh, the men and women coming back from war in Vietnam were not very welcome in the United States. And uh, it was a, a lot of protests going on, and unfortunately what happened in that transition was that the veterans were an open representative of what the people were protesting, which was the war. And so it caused a lot of psychological damage, and uh, veterans did not want to mingle well. Uh, we're trying to go back to school, uh, trying to get jobs. It was, uh, it was hard for veterans back there, and there wasn't many friendly areas they thought they could go to to discuss the issues that were starting to crop up across the population that the DAV first noticed with their Forgotten Warrior Project in 79 when it first came to light about PTSD and war trauma. And even then, it took probably an, another um, six years to really, for the VA and the government to start responding to that. Of course, nowadays, uh, the population of the United States is very much appreciative of their veterans and what they've uh, done. Uh, but in the beginning, it, it was it was some hardcore issues that had to be dealt with realistically. Well, and the, those veterans who were going through all that, they were very fortunate to uh, to have folks like you helping them through that process and getting their feet back on the ground. Uh, there were there were a lot less resources, as you talk about back then, than than we have now. I'm so impressed with the work both of you did. As veterans yourself, who um, I'm sure you weren't treated that well coming back from Vietnam either, no. and and instead of being angry about that, turning and saying, "Well, we'll help our fellow veterans be treated better," that's so admirable. But you even looked back across the ocean and said, "Maybe yes. there's someone back there where we came from who need our who needs our help." So, Jim, could you tell us briefly about the Vietnam Project? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that all started with Peter Cameron because in our discussions, he always wanted to do something back in uh, Vietnam. Uh, and so I was kind of the designated uh, go-to person for that. Part of the reason is because my wife is from Vietnam uh, and she has a lot of connections over there. So we were sent over there to number one, find out what would be the best thing for us to do. And number two is where to do it. So we chose uh, an area 50 miles uh, west of Hanoi, which is very, very poor area. And we chose that and we made our plans here, but we didn't have anybody working over there. Uh, so my wife and I went over and uh, we talked to the local people. Pretty soon we started uh, our project, which consisted mostly 
of helping people through mobile uh, clinics. Uh, some people that had not even uh, helped or seen a doctor before. Uh, that gave us a tremendous opportunity also to talk to veterans from the other side. And we really found out how much we had in common uh, during the war and after the war. So anyway, just to be brief, we've built also built three schools over there and uh, establish a good relationship with the people. You know, we're very pleased and it actually goes on even today and it started over 30 years ago. So uh, I, I appreciate you asking because it's, you know, it's very dear to us, my wife and I and the rest of the veterans. So thank you. Well, that's, that's very powerful stuff to say. We're, we're going to deal with the fallout from this war on, on both sides, not just here in the United States. So I think mm -hmm. uh, our listeners needed to hear about that. So all this help being provided to veterans, discovering what help veterans needed after the Vietnam conflict, and now 50 years later, here we are, Nation's Finest has grown to what it is. Chris Johnson, what's what's next for Nation's Finest? Where does Nation's Finest go from here? Well, we we go wherever the need is greatest. Uh, I mean that both uh, geographically as well as physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, the legacy that was left behind by my predecessor, Peter Cameron, will live on, as well as uh, I'll be held in. I'll be held to uh, account for that because the board members that uh, helped get us there are still on the board. You're speaking to two of them. Uh, we established mobile units in the United States during COVID, and we travel as much as three hours a day to get to rural veterans that are in need of help. And we're going to expand on that and grow that. We're looking to expand to other states that have approached us about uh, providing services uh, much needed. And we're very, very proud to do that. And one quick interesting idea that's been thrown around is uh, way back when this started in 1972, a lot of it started around a pool table where they created just a comfortable environment for the veterans to come in and just play pool and hang out with each other. And uh, we may go full circle because we've also found out that a lot of the veterans that we're doing outreach to wish there was a place where they could just go hang out. And they're not as apt to join American Legion or veterans of foreign wars. And so we're contemplating that. And wouldn't that be ironic to go all the way back to where we started? We just have to find rooms behind laundromats with pool tables. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> But the, the idea would be to grow in whatever direction is required and to expand our horizons. Currently, most of our resources come through the VA, but we're now doing outreach to those businesses and individuals that really care for those who served our nation's finest and uh, getting their support as well so we can expand what we're doing. So it sounds to me like after 50 years, Nation's Finest is doing the same thing as pushing the envelope and finding new and innovative ways to help our veterans. Very I true. Don't, I don't think I could have said it better, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jim and Larry, last question to you. Does anyone know where that pool table is? We might need to find it again. I, oh, can I think find we one. wore it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Smithsonian. 
A lot of neat conversations around that table. You know, in closing with you, I just like to remind our listeners and stuff like that. When when the Vietnam vets came back and it was so harsh for us, we made a pledge to one another that we would leave no one behind. And we've done that with Nation's Finest and that we're still reaching out now to the newer, newer generation of veterans because warfare is warfare and its effects on the human psyche are still the same. The terrain might change, the enemy might change, but the effects of combat and stress from being away from loved ones and family is, uh, takes a tremendous toll on, uh, on human beings. And we at Nation's Finest understand that we're, we're all been there. And uh, so we're not leaving anybody behind. No one left behind. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Those are wise words that I promise you we continue to follow. Jim, any, any final words from you? Yeah, I think uh, one thing we haven't mentioned really at all is who the veterans are that we're helping now. These are young people that have been to Afghanistan and the Middle East. And so we started with Vietnam veterans exclusively, and we follow wherever we need to go. And right now that's people coming back from from that area of the country. And they're getting our the most of our help now, so. As as the needs change, we change. As, right. as Chris right. just explained, we, we go where we're needed and uh, likewise commit to uh, continuing to do that. So so to both of you, Jim Larson, Larry Connolly, and of course our CEO, Chris Johnson, thank you to all three of you on this panel for helping us take a walk down memory lane and explaining a bit more about the history of Nation's Finest. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. And thank you to all of you who joined us for our 50th anniversary episode today. We'll be back next week discussing issues relevant to veterans and those who care about them. If you liked what you heard on our podcast today, please consider giving us a five-star rating, which will help other veterans to enjoy the same content. Thank you again for joining us, and as always, carry on.